and welcome back to Over Underrated. This is part two of our jazz fusion episode with comedian writer Matthew Crosby. And we're discussing the underrated pick, Steely Dan, chosen by Matthew. Listeners to his Radio X show with Ed Gamble may be aware that he does get mocked for this choice. We thought, let's reach out and see if he can have an opportunity to change some people's minds. Let's get back to the episode. Enjoy. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Right, welcome back to part two of uh, Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. And we're moving on from Socks and Cocks to something di- same but different. Maybe Cox a and bit Rolex, more, a bit more. They have socks and cocks, <laughs> yeah. but they also have another outfit. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a sports <laughs> jacket or something thrown over the top. <laughs> so, Matthew, who is your underrated pick today? Well, I mean, I'm picking... I'm, I think compared to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're underrated, but they're still a pretty big band. It's the band Steely Dan, who were who are still... They're still an ongoing proposition, but they, they, they were originally... <clears throat> they, two guys basically if you think of steely dan you think of two guys you think of walter becker who was um the bassist later guitarist and sort of multi-instrumentalist and songwriter and donald fagan who is the kind of organ and vocalist uh, uh, uh and he yeah and, and and that's that's the band that's that's the steely dan band really there have been many many other um musicians that have you know and, and big musicians as well michael mcdonald was a member as a backing vocalist for a while um but that was you know if you think of them that's that's who they are and of course walter beckett sadly died a few years ago just before i got to see them live for the first time which was um oh, obviously shame. more of a tragedy for his family and the people who knew him directly but you know pretty pretty bad day for me pretty, pretty so and i was coming back from a wedding when i found out uh very very hungover coming back from a wedding and I was going to see, I, we had the tickets for, to see them at Blues Blues Fest at the O2. Again, another one of those things where you're like, what's your favorite blues band? Silly Dan. Um, but yeah, we were at Blues Fest. It was them and the Doobie Brothers playing together. So a pretty big kind of yacht rock pairing there. And uh, a, a comedian, Lloyd Langford, who I was going with, messaged me to say, I wonder if the gig's still happening. And I, that, I you know, I'd been at a wedding, I hadn't seen anything. Um, and... And I was like, why Why wouldn't it be? And it's like, oh, have you not heard? And uh, I was, I started crying. And I just like, it was, it was more because of, it was more because of, the, of being hungover. Because I'm not, you know, like, I'm not the sort of person who's like, cries over the death of strangers. But it was, it was like, oh no, this band that I've liked for years and years, who didn't play the UK very often, were coming back. I mean, actually, I, I later found out he was so ill that he hadn't really played with them for, you know, for a good year or so before those shows happened and before he passed away tragically but um but yeah they are uh they started in the 1970s or they they they, they formed they sort of paired together in uh bard university in the 60s they would try to become songwriters people didn't really want to buy their songs they started recording and performing their songs and they're known as like they're like a musos band so if you're really into music like music so if, if you're into the sort of the the, the technicality of music then they're your band um because that's what they're into i'm not really into that side of things i just like good songs and i think they write really really good songs 
quite interesting, quite weird, quite complex songs, but ultimately singable, hummable pop songs, you know, in the same way that I guess the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, do. Uh, but uh, but just a little bit, a bit different. You know, I don't imagine there's a tremendous amount of Venn diagram crossover if you were to take the audiences of like the people who last saw Red Hot Chili Peppers and the people who last saw Steely Dan. Who knows? I might be completely wrong. Um, yeah, so I've picked I've picked a handful of songs of theirs that I think if I'd known you didn't know them at all, I probably would have picked my selection slightly because I don't think this is necessarily a primer to the band, but this is an indication of what I like about them. Well, I, did, I didn't know them at all, but maybe Fran... I knew did you... Winning in the Years yeah. and Dirty Rock, maybe from being on the film soundtrack yeah, or something, was... the songs in the background at all. They've got some sort of quite big hits that you might recognise. Reading in the Years mm. being a, 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 and, and Do It Again as well. Oh, Your girl and uh, Peg. Jack. Oh, yeah, Peg, because uh, of, of course that was sa- De- De sampled by, by De La Soul, yeah. I know I love you better. So there's a, there's a bunch of things that... Um, a bunch of songs that would be fairly fairly recognizable to someone who was uh, you know a music fan like yourself but um i haven't necessarily picked those songs Fran, what was your what did you think of them yeah i mean i knew that the band deacon blue got their name from a song that's right yeah yeah <laughs> i knew they're a duo i went up to imdb and imdb describes them as an actor composer for rest and peace almost famous than zodiac why would you so... try imdb as the first place to find out <laughs> because about the band I wanted to know what films I heard. Oh, I see, I see, right, right. <laughs> but I didn't realise that he was an actor, so that's interesting. Steely da- um, Dan is an actor, yeah. There is no st- <laughs> they're also named after a steam-powered dildo from a William S. Burroughs book. So that's what's, that's who Steely Dan was. Did not know And that. when they first started playing pre-Steely pre Dan, Steely Dan, but uh, Becker and Fagan's first band, the drummer was Chevy Chase. Um, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Oh, so wow. he was, uh, he was a, a, a university buddy of theirs and played drums for them. Um, but they are—they they, are—they're they're a duo in that they're—they're they're the two key members. But they've always surrounded themselves with the best musicians, and they stopped performing, I think, in 1974, live because they could never replicate. They were obsessed with like precision, obsessed with musical precision. Mm. They could never replicate what they what they had on the album in the uh, in in a live arena. Uh, so they basically and they and they were constantly hiring and firing and, and getting in new people. But it was always the two of them writing all the songs and. Um, yeah, and I and I I absolutely love them, and they are a bit of you know like I think it's an interesting thing. They they I, they, they they they're seen as a, a little bit of a sort of jokey band, or a bit sort of uncool. Although they're now moving into a an, an area where they are regarded as quite quite a cool band. Um, I know um, my my friend uh, my friend Lou Hater, who I went to I known her for years. I went to primary school with her, but she's a musician. She was in. Um, the Young Pony, Pony Club, Club yeah, 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 and she recently released a version of Time Out of Mind, and she's obsessed with, you know, she's a she's a musician and a DJ, and um, uh, she's obsessed with Steely Dan, and I think there are there are people kind of my age who are getting into them. We would, you know, I, my parents didn't have their records. I found them kind of independently from reading an article about the once in a music magazine that described them as the like I think they described them as like the REM of their day. I was obsessed with REM. I love REM, and I, I started listening to them. I was like, "This has nothing like REM," but I guess they were like a kind of a cool band that, like, intellectually people, thinky people might listen to. That's they, I mean, they are they are they they present themselves as sort of s- slightly smug intellectual guy. Like lyrically, they're very arch, very sardonic, very ironic, um, and 
they are yeah like donald fagan is and as kind of has always been but increasing now is like an old curmudgeon who hates everything thinks this thinks this is a garbage generation and you know completely you know hates 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 the world um but i think he's i think he's one of the best songwriters that has ever lived as is walter becker it was really interesting to read about their recording process and their precision i i'm fascinated by as as someone who's very much not a perfectionist i find it interesting to read about bands where it's like and then we have to do 50 takes because you know it was a little bit off but i cannot imagine what it would have been like to record them they must it must have been a pain in the ass but yeah i think if you'd have asked me before this right if you guess who steely dan is i would have guessed some kind of late 80s early 90s americana grunge right. band or something something like dinosaur junior so i i had no idea what to what to expect that's amazing um, yeah t- I, I i don't know what where it you, comes from what did you think uh, uh, well, what did I think? Well, let's just say that Rolling Stone called them the perfect. Well, hang on a sec. Hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. Anybody, if you ask them, what do you think? And they go, well, I'll tell you what someone else thought. <laughs> what do I think? I, I don't, I don't, I don't like know. Is you the, don't is, like is them. Is the That's short answer. Sorry, 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 listen to the player so she can <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, leak out her. Yeah, tell us what okay, Rolling Stone I, I will said. Say, I will say one thing. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah, I'll say what Rolling Stone said and I, I'll say one other thing. So Rolling Stone said they were the perfect music anti-heroes for the 70s, which intrigued me after then listening to them because I thought, well, no, they they sound like a seventies band yeah. in many respects. But anyway, I thought that would be interesting to discuss. I wrote, I was not expecting as much noodling as so they much noodling. That yeah, is what, what I yeah, mean. a lot of noodling. Um... A lot of it from a guy called Jeff Skunk Baxter as well, who um, <laughs> what a uh, name. Who looks exactly as you'd imagine he would look. You know, very very long straight hair, big moustache. Who um, in his attempts at f- getting studio perfection became fascinated in how technology could be used in warfare and was a defense advisor to the trump administration so went from being in a you know a cool arch arty liberal jazz infused um cool 70s band he was in the doobie brothers as well is now a you know like hated amongst the community if you if you follow any of those old guys on twitter like david crosby from crosby stills nash and young um when uh, people ask him about Jeff Skunk Baxter, he's just got nothing but utter vitriol for the man. Underrated. Let's get into it. So, what's your what's your first pick, Matthew? Well, this is, you know, it's 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 a song I chose um, because it's one of my favourites, and it's called Dirty Work. It's from Can't Buy a Thrill, nineteen seventy two. Their their debut album. And the reason I chose it, if I was gonna, if I was gonna introduce someone to Steely Dan, weirdly, even though it's the first song I've chosen, this wouldn't be the song because it's got David Palmer singing the. So it's not Donald Fagan. Donald Fagan has a very distinct vocal. David Palmer has an extremely smooth voice. This is um, this is David Palmer. When they perform it live, Donald Fagan doesn't sing it. He gets the uh, backing singers to they take a, a verse each, um, which can be a bit of a kind of you know like. <clears throat> why sing one note when 47 will do nightmare you know uh, i did see a live version but I, I did enjoy it yeah uh but i think this is an absolutely beautiful song and i think because they're so they're so arch lyrically and often often very silly in a kind of you know pseudo intellectual way i like this song because it's pure heart it's really it's a it's a really heartbreaking song and uh 
Robin Allender. You might know Robin Allender, who uh, co-hosts the Moon Underwater podcast mm-hmm. with, with John Robbins and is a fantastic musician and hosts a brilliant podcast, my, my, my personal Beatles, my own personal Beatles. Um, uh, and uh, he tweeted the other day, you know, like Steely Dan, you can say a lot about Steely Dan, but they don't write beautiful songs. And I like obviously I and a bunch of other dickheads <laughs> descended on him. Okay, well, have you listened to this? You know, I think Deacon, I think Deacon Blues is a, is a is a another example of a very beautiful and heartbreaking song. But this one especially, um, and maybe it's because it's not got Fagin at the helm, even though it was written by Becker and Fagin. I just find it incredibly moving and touching. And I've never found myself in a situation whereby I have a, a, a sort of posh lady's side piece and I find it heartbreaking because I'm sort of in love with her. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a aware of the emotion of being in a situation where you're going, why do I do this? Why am I in this situation? Why am I, why am I a fool? Um, and I, I, I love it. And it's, you know, it's it's smooth and it sounds like something that wouldn't go, wouldn't be out of place on, you know, uh, smooth or heart or one of those stations i don't know if they do ever play this sort of thing on those on those stations but it wouldn't seem completely out of out of the uh out of the ordinary but it's um for me it's just a bit just a slight a slight sort of cut above some of that stuff i don't know why just love it so fran as more of an expert i would say in the <laughs> in the dad rock vibes uh 70s song, <laughs> what, what did you think well you know 70s music better than i do that's why well, i, I, I don't rise as a, a, the dad rock specialist but um so yeah i guess this maybe feels slightly different to other songs like i guess it's a bit chicago a bit eagles maybe yeah yeah, be, it's got um, yeah yeah it's, it's it's more straightforward than the other material i think i've listened to maybe a little bit too repetitive i mean i listened to it maybe five times for the past two days and the lyrics didn't really hit me as much as they hit you but obviously i was mainly listening to the music uh, we don't tend to ch- chat about lyrics a lot yeah, on this podcast it's, it's, a, it's a running theme that we research the lyrics when we have to talk about songs but when we've listened to a song in our daily lives very often it totally goes over our heads uh, apparently this divides the fan base because obviously it's not sung by by uh donna fagan but um yeah i i think it works i can imagine this again being on a, a film set in the 70s and it worked fine but yeah I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't go out of my way to play it again babs so yeah i like i like this song and i'm surprised i did because when it started and I heard the the melodic rock piano come in, Matthew, this is something we've talked about a lot and I'm generally not a fan and I'm not a fan of Americana normally and stuff like that. I thought, uh-oh, is this what, is this what the five songs are going to be like? But then when the brass section came in and the song kind of kicked in, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. And then on, on, it took a few listens to get my head around it. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I liked the harmonies. The voice sounds very pure. And it, it, the verses are a bit jarring sometimes like their stop starts when you don't expect it which is really surprising when then you have a chorus that's so unbelievably catchy yeah um and and why not have a sax solo instead of a guitar one so yeah i i i like this song but if you told me right barbara the first song is going to be a 70s song there's some rock piano and a brass section i would have been like oh god like please no <laughs> but no this i I'm, I'm with you matthew it's it's very nice and it works I was thinking of you through this playlist, Babs, thinking, oh, good. A lot of these are things you've mentioned as things I hate in, in music, but, you know. <laughs> but this one is good. <laughs> Matthew, can I ask, um, do you find it hard to push, the, well, not push, but like in, in, introduce this band to your friends? Is there a pushback on Steely Dan? Or? I don't, I've stopped 
triangle with, any, with anything I like. For, you Aww. know, I, 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 all I, all I can do is I can, do, I sort of do it by osmosis. I find that it, I've, you know, occasionally I'll recommend a thing to somebody and they'll be like, oh, I listened to that thing you recommended and I really liked it. But it's very rare. I think people, especially when you get to a certain age, I'm the same way. Like people will buy me books and go like, oh, I thought you'd like to read this. And you go, well, you thought wrong in the bin. <laughs> um, so I, so I, I feel like that's, you know, uh, I don't try and force anybody to listen to it. I, I, I brought my wife along to see them the first time. Um, when, and I think she enjoyed it fine, but it's not. This is not her kind of music um, at all. Uh, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a few friends um, who I know like like Steely Dan. Joe Wilkinson loves Steely Dan, uh, big Steely Dan fan. Um, uh, my friend Tom Gibbs, uh, he is uh, who's a writer for the Telegraph. He is big big Steely Dan fan. Uh, don't worry, he writes sports for the Telegraph. He's not like a uh, he's not like he loves all of Jeff Skunk Baxter stuff, especially. He's a big big. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so he he, uh, he likes them, and you just go. Well, I, I know enough people that if they come and play, I'll go and see them, or I can chat about them. With. Did you pick an album for Album Club by Steely Dan? You know what? I, th- I I never did because, and I'll tell you for why. I don't think I could handle people slagging it off. Oh, okay. And no, 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 no and that's that's fine because I no, no, no. I, no, I understand what this is. But Shit. but reviews notes. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is totally this is totally fine, right? A because i understand yeah that was that was going to be my very big b um yeah a because i i understand what we're, we're getting into here i've been awful about the reddit chili peppers and if there are people listening who love them that that's hard to hear but um but also yeah i don't know you guys <laughs> that's you know but if you've got you know um eight or nine of your closest friends sending you a message going this sucked for these five reasons then you're like oh come on guys what's your what's your next pick well this this for me is a bit more sort of classic steely dan um it's a song called Hey 19. It's from the Goucher album. It's from 1980. And this, I think when people think of Steely Dan, this is what they think of. Pervy old men. <laughs> it's a song about being a pervy old man. I think when he wrote it, or when they wrote it, they were in their early 30s. So it's still pretty creepy to be singing about a 19-year-old. But I think they are, they are, um, they're, they're, in, they're again, in, inhabiting this, this character and, uh, so the, the 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 idea is it's about an aging soul fan who is trying to get off with girls who are a lot who are a lot uh, and also like you know he's there he's he's got he's drinking tequila and he's doing cocaine and he's you know it's very 1970s he's drinking tequila he's doing cocaine he's trying to mack with girls who are much much younger than him and it's not going it's not going well. After talking a lot about Anthony Cade is going, oh God, he's all, all he sings about is sex. How can I? How can I sort of defend this song? But I think for oh, me, and it's the, a character your last study. Pick, especially that one is. Uh... Well, uh, yeah, cousin Dupree <laughs> yeah. is. Cousin Dupree is. It, we'll, oh, we'll get to cousin Dupree in, in, in a little bit. But it's it, again, it inhabits, and that's that was from when they got back together um, in in two thousand for the um, for the uh, Two Against Nature uh, album. But yes, so. Hey 19 uh again musically very much that kind of you know the smooth jazz kind of again a lot of kind of noodly noodly guitars uh incredibly catchy incredibly catchy chorus i think um and uh it's part of like like i think one of the sort of sort of part of their manifesto steely dan was to make music that could be i think this is 
I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like music that could be played in a dentist's waiting room. Uh, that was one of them, but with but with lyrics that are awful, you know. Mm. So like they wanted, they they think I think their their idea of a kind of big musical joke was we will write these songs that you know um, like a you know a Christian mum going to pick up her groceries, uh, you know from from walmart or whatever or you know from target or whatever the american supermarkets are called <laughs> the circle k uh she would be she'd be going to pick up her groceries and singing you know hey 19 no we can't dance together you know like uh and whilst not really realizing that it's about some sort of grubby pervert trying to get his hands on a, a on a on a on a teenager um does that make it a good music does that make it something that everyone should enjoy no not necessarily but i think musically it's something i really I really do. I, I just, I think they managed to be incredibly kind of poppy and it sounds like it could be, like like I say, it could be played on, on, on uh, heart or smooth, but it makes interesting decisions. It's not, you know, if, they very rarely have a song that's like a four chord structure. And if they do, they will do something in the middle to go, hey, we know more than four chords. <laughs> Just in case someone thought we didn't know, we know a lot of we know a lot of chords and lots of chords that your favourite bands don't know. You know that you need about eight hands to play. We know those those are our kind of chords. They do a song called um, "With a Gun" on the Pretzel Logic album, which is basically like a kind of country. It's a kind of country song, um, like a sort of fast-paced country song. But even that has got a big sort of j- jazz chord breakdown before the before the the sort of middle eight, just to go. Don't worry, we're still Steely Dan. This is what we do. I'm guessing if you didn't like uh, Dirty Work, Fran. Well, no, I, I didn't not like Dirty Work. It just didn't resonate the same as it did for you. Like, so what I found interesting is that this is from 1980. And this has one of the first ever drum machines. Yeah. And it cost them like 200000 and it took like six months to build. That's right. This, this is this is the point where they, they, they had stopped performing live, mm. no longer performing live, um, and so they would just go into a studio and, and and build an album, and so they were obsessed with technology. So yeah, so it was the it was the bleeding edge of of technology, which is which like, you listen to it now and you go, you assume you're going to hear craft work, yeah, you know, <laughs> you assume it's going to be something that is like or like the um uh, you know like the bit you know the 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 eight oh eight intro to Donna Summer's I Feel Love or something that is a kind of of the of the era but using this or you know McCartney's temporary secretary or something like that that's like you know trying to bring in but it isn't at all they're making if you didn't know you might not notice it yeah i'm at nothing the label after hearing the album after paying 200 grand so <laughs> what did they make you guys again like what like... there's a very good chance it cost about 80 quid and they spent the rest of the money on cocaine <laughs> well obviously yeah yeah and like as you mentioned this was their biggest ever hit in america this was top 10 yeah huge top 10 hit huge song in 1980 it was yeah like this is during new wave so it, they weren't listening to the contemporaries they were very much steely dan um yeah and uh, yeah and it's it, yeah i put it down you know it's it's hilarious that this could be on smooth jazz while i was talking about cocaine and shagging young girls this is more of a red hot chili peppers lyric but um yeah it, yeah i think the street the harmonies on the chorus are delightful um i enjoy the keys out front it, it, there's not as much noodling as another songs for me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, but it's it's not like they call themselves jazz, but it's, for jazz in my head, 
isn't what I hear here. This I, is more I, I think a... it's jazz in terms of the chord progressions, as, mm, as far as yeah. I know, rather than it being although they, Hancock or <laughs> yeah. Although they've, they've got they they you know there are other albums where they have sort of straight homages to like mm. uh, Charlie Parker and stuff that are more like a more like a jazz song, but like mostly they are a a band that would be described as yacht rock. I think that's the you know the, the sort I've of never heard that. that I'm I'm, in, I'm I'm loving that news. That yeah, news no, that. I I I have heard of that. And when you go on the their Spotify, it is kind of like um yacht rock playlists. Um, yeah, this was such a shift. I got you know yeah Chris Rea M O R vibes. There's synths. Is there like a a a synth harmonica solo? Is what I've written oh, yeah. this question mark. I think it is. because it's I, kind I of yeah, it's kind of like out. a harmonica, yeah. <laughs> But a synth harmonica, you know? Yeah. Uh, very, very bizarre. And I, you know, it made me, like, I I thought it was fine. I really enjoyed um, the little bits where they're, they're speaking. You know, there's just like this instrumental and they go, nice. Sure, yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't know how much of it, like, you know, obviously that was parodied by the Far Show years, years later. I, but... I, I, that's what I wrote down. I was like, I could imagine John Thompson introducing this but song yeah. on Skate a little lower now. <laughs> that kind of thing. And you're like... How much of this are they? Because they, gen- you know, like they're not, they're not so arch that they think they're making crap music, or they're not, and they, lo- you know, they love Thelonious Monk, and that's that, that sort of their, you know, that is what they are obs- obsessed by and, and, and revere. So it's not like they're going, oh, jazz is easy, and we'll all, all the all the things around jazz. But um, yeah, I, 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 you never know quite how much they are in how how, how much of a wink they're giving to the uh, to the audience. Do those ad libs remain when they do it live? I. I I think I think they do. Yeah, I think he he <laughs> does. The audience join in. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> sure feels good. Get a little lower. I can really I can imagine it. So, um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to read about the album. Uh, what what Wikipedia says is the band used at least forty two different musicians, spent over a year in the studio, and far exceeded the original monetary advance given by the record label. Well, no shit when you you're telling the stories about the drum machine. But what I found really interesting. Uh, given that it seems to be quite a one of the more important albums by Steely Dan, so Becker during these sessions was hit by a car, and he was in hospital. But it says he and Fagan continued their musical collaborations via telephone. I mean, what? How? <laughs> like, can you imagine trying to to explain something from a hospital? Fi- like, uh, fair enough, fair play to them. So, yeah, I, I've got, I, I thought I've got, it was interesting. Uh, Walter, I've got, um, I've got skate a little something. I don't know what it should be. <laughs> skate a little higher. <laughs> skate a little at the same direction I'm currently skating lower thanks Walter alright get well soon love you ciao uh, so yeah I didn't I, I, I didn't dislike it but yeah I didn't you know I didn't I didn't love it but uh, yeah I, I, I thought it was a real left shift because I thought like oh right okay they're from an era that's earlier than I thought like I said I thought they were kind of late 80s early 90s and then you have you know not a stereotypical 70s song but a, but a 70s song to go into this i thought bloody hell what this is this is very different and then yeah i mean later on you can go kind of back into the 70s and it's yeah i i, I they seem to have these two areas of like yeah melodic piano brass section steely dan and mor steely dan and i yeah i think th- i think i'm more into the 70s from from what i've seen anyway moving to the next yes. track matthew Yes, indeed. So this is my favourite Steely Dan song. I think if I had to, you know, if I had to pick one, this would be my favourite one. And again, it's again, it's early. It's early Steely Dan. This is when they were still playing live, and there's some great live versions of this out there from the era, from the time. It's my old school. It's a song all about um, getting busted in a, a like in a pot bust. This is the the seventies for you. Um, whilst at university. And uh, it's about so the the 
Annandale is what they call Bard, their 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 old alma mater. Um, and it's about yeah being with a you know being with a with a girlfriend and them all getting busted uh, at a pot raid on a party. And uh, I just think it is again if you know like I I, I absolutely love this is this is uh, Jeff Skunk back to playing the guitar um on this and I, I i love the solos on this i just think they're it's a, it, it sounds like a band jamming which they don't often sound like uh because they are not a jam band you know but it sounds like a band who are all great musicians just trying to do f- fun stuff together um again love the love the backing vocals love the sort of i love i love uh, uh, donald fagan's uh vocal line on this as well I think it's uh I just think it's a it's a banger. Yeah, this is my favorite song on the on the playlist. Um I think it's got like an Elton John funky piano. Yeah, I definitely. David Bowie Young Americans I think has borrowed from us a little bit. Yeah. And maybe mid 70s Paul Simon as well being influenced. I I mean These I I've slagged off sax, saxophones in the past but the oh, saxes yeah. the sax work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here we go. It's, it, right. it's got some good brass good on sax. this one, hasn't it? We've really? got some good sax. Yeah. Um yeah, the backing vocals are uh, brilliant. It's like kind of anti-nostalgia it's, it's uh the, yeah the, the jeff baxter guitar solo was amazing but now you kind of painted him for me um, well at the time he was okay he was doing a song about a pot raid man um yeah but his his guitar solo dancing with, with his horns was a, a definite yes and yeah I, I loved the song so thank you for introducing me uh babs how about you um so the rock piano and the brass are back guys um sure <laughs> yeah this this feels more i would say straightforward 70s which which is as i mentioned you know not normally so much my my jam and i wrote many of the notes that you did i also wrote roxy music uh yeah, as, you know, early yeah it's roxy got music. that it's got that to it um i really like the voices and the harmonies throughout actually i think on, on all the songs I, I i really love them it works really well but i think the instrumental stuff for me is just noodling it doesn't really move me and the song cuts off just as he's actually going properly mental on guitar it starts going a bit weird and i i would have i would have liked that to to have continued so yeah, I, I would say actually one of my, my lesser favourite songs from, from this playlist. But yeah, interesting nonetheless, especially to hear you know that they were involved in this drug bust. And uh, Becker was taken to the Poughkeepsie jail where his long hair was cut off. Yeah, uh, that's... I, 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 which I, is mad. I, I, I heard that. I mean, I, I, in looking at the, again, looking at the, the Wikipedia page for this song before I yeah. introduce you guys to it, I couldn't believe it. That is That, that sounds like something... Well, it sounds like something that would... <laughs> Happen to people today, but it sounds—you know—it sounds like something that is so mad that it would be like, right, these god goddamn hippies, we're going to cut your hair in, like, if if we cut your hair uh, off, you're going to smock working. Yeah, that, that was the main herb. issue—the hair, the hair, yeah. actually. <laughs> I, I I just think it's so you, you kind of understand, and it's it's funny as well because it's not an angry song. Even though it, no. it is an angry, mm. it's got it's a song full of anger. You know, Cal- says- California tumbles into the sea before I go back. <laughs> exactly. up, they, they, they go back to Annandale, so they're, they're clearly you know they clearly are are livid at the the university itself again again another another california song i had to put it in there because we can't we can't escape california even if it is going into the sea hello this is a promo for a podcast about a playlist yeah yeah it's called playlist yeah yeah my name is mike lash former actor former comedian former creative former cool dude this is Kay mitchell former musician former art student current cool dude we've created a playlist a fucking brilliant playlist the best playlist ever to the point where we spoke to each other about how good the playlist is and that we wanted to be the people at a party who's putting on the music and only putting on a few seconds of the music before changing the song because everyone loves those guys at a party 
that's us. So each week we have a guest and they have to choose one song to define them as a human person. person. One song for me, Mike Lash, to sing right after. And then because Mike is not the best person in his family, we've incorporated his mum to give her insight into each song, which will maybe help the guest to define themselves as a person but really we probably shouldn't get bogged down in the format of the podcast it's really heavily edited so it's not actually that boring it's quite short so i really think you'll like it kerry's kids are home so it's probably the end of this promo it is i was at www.playtheshare.com and available wherever you get your podcasts over underrated sous so, so are we going to move on to track four? Yeah, let's do it. Kid Charlemagne from the Royal Scam. Uh, so again, nineteen uh, seventies, nineteen seventy six. In this uh, instance, uh, Kid Charlemagne. Now, just out of out of interest, because I know what this song's about. I don't, I don't know if you've looked it up, but do you did you get any any idea of what this was? What they were singing um, about? LSD chemist. Yeah, that's it. Basically, yeah, it's a drug dealer. Yeah. It's um, it's a it's 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 a drug dealer. So again, it's one of those things where there's a fascinating bit in this song, which sounds like the theme tune to a 1980s game show. It's the bit that goes like it sounds like it could be the theme tune to every second counts of Paul Daniels. You know, there's, <laughs> but that this to me, I think, is the kind of the key, uh, the the key song for. You could hear this being played in a, in a dentist waiting room, but the lyrics are about, you know, a guy who has um, uh, has just by chance he's crossed the diamond with the pearl. He's come up with this amazing formula for this ama- this amazing whatever the it might be at LSD. Most it's some it's some drug that he's cooking in his uh, in his apartment that is turning him into the kind of the, the hero of the um, uh, uh, of of the area. But of course, the police, the people down the hall. Everybody seems to, you know, seems to have have his number for good or for bad. Um, so yeah, still talk, you know, still it's the seventies. They're still banging on about drugs. Um, every song, so has to have some, re- you know, drugs were very much there. California, <laughs> you know, got to have some reference to, to, to <laughs> cocaine or, or or a pot bust. Um, but I I think this is um. I think this is just a really, I just think it's just a really brilliant song. It's 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 hard when you when you just love a song so much to kind of go. Well, here's the thing I like about it because I've known this. You know, I first heard Steely Dan when I was about sort of fourteen or fifteen, so I've known this song for years now. Um, it's just one of those. It's just one of those songs. Is I find it. I find it pretty irresistible. And again, I I find it like I really love the musicianship of it, but it is. It's just it's it's so odd that they would choose to make music that is so cheesy. It goes from like being really cheesy to being really weird and slightly psychedelic. And I, I, Again, I just love that. How much that are they in on the joke? Like you said. Yeah. But I think they... even this is not, it's not a joke. It's like, this is music they, they like, but it's just, they like a lot of, they, they're like, they've got, they've got sort of fairly narrow sort of tastes really. But within that, within that sort of narrow band, the things they, the, the references are quite eclectic. I know that sounds a bit contradictory, but you know they're into they're, kind of. They have a lot of genres that they're into, and within those genres, they span a lot and bring them together in an unusual way. Definitely. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. Yeah, or at least they, you know, they like one particular genre, but lots of different bits of that genre, mm. and they've turned it into this sort of 
music jazz rock fusion yeah jazz rock fusion exactly yeah Yeah. um uh i just i just think i just think it's great i just really i find it very and i also talking about you know beautiful beautiful songs it's not really a beautiful song but there's bit when there's a bit when he he strains up for the night no, no, he's got the line is there gas in the car yes there's gas in the car and he can't quite hit the, the second car and i love it i think it's like it's sort of slightly it's slightly strangulated falsetto and i just find that incredibly moving i just find that little moment again it's it's got that it's got that fear and the desperation of a man who's on the edge and uh but 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 yeah, with 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 this, you know, about to go into a game show theme tune. <laughs> I did enjoy how he delivers Technicolor Motorhome. Technicolor Motorhome, yeah. <laughs> Everyone stopped and stared at it. Technicolor Motorhome, yeah. He's they've really got a. He's like, who wrote te- right? This that's definitely Walter Becker wrote that for Donald Fagan to sing. Could it just be Big Motorhome? Because then I don't have to <laughs> cough up my lung every time I'm trying to perform it. it Might have James seen Bradford trying to fit in Rich Edwards lyrics into his <laughs> yeah. song from Phil <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, again, uh, great track. You've not mentioned Larry Colton's guitar solo being voted as one of the best of all time. I believe in the 70s it was voted the second best guitar solo of all time, but now slowly it's faded down to number 82 over the years. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the passing of time, isn't it, for you? Yeah, yeah. What was number one when it was voted number two? Do you know what it, what uh, it was? I did not know no, that. No, that would be interesting to know. But, uh, maybe but probably Jimi Hendrix or, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, or Pink Floyd, maybe. Yeah, or like a, or Led Zepp or one of, the, you know, one of the big guitar gods. But that's it. Again, like, you know, you don't think of Steely Dan as being... You know what I mean? Yeah. People, most people don't think of Steely Dan at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, but you don't think of them as being like... Yeah. You know, not shredders, but you know, like big noodly guitar kind of guys. And it's nice that they give someone who's not in the band that you know that that, that part. You know, yeah, amaze us. You know, we're paying a lot of money. Show, show, yeah. show us what you come want. in and show us what you've got. Yeah, but I think that's that was always the that was always there. That's how they operated. That was just you know they, they were they were bringing I, the best. I was people. thinking, are there any other bands like this? Because to to for so I long talk talk. Oh, Spirit yeah? of Eden, talk talk. Basically, he hired like a million pounds worth. But the thing is, that's one album, musicians. right? It consistently, this is what Steely Dan do. Mm. Like for every single album, they, they, well, it's like, the two of them. I guess, I guess, simply Red would be, you know, like uh, bands where it's the the bands where it's the the main. Oh, I mean, there's certainly there's, there's, a, there's a lot of bands I I like that are one guy who's called that that band. Like Built to Spill is a band I'm a big fan of, and Built to Spill. It's constantly got a rotating rotating lineup with Doug Marsh as the sort of central central figure, and I guess, I mean, very rare that Mick Hucknall and Doug Marsh get compared to each other, but I guess that's the same thing with <laughs> Mick Hucknall is that he's simply red. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not like a band like Fairport Convention where they've been, they're basically triggers broom, aren't they? You know, no original existing members are in Fairport Convention that were but, in. But the, to have two 70s. people, you know, where you you have enough to have, you know, whatever it is, a person on guitar, a person on drum, it, it's. You both have yeah, to. They're agree not the white stripes, the though. They couldn't. They couldn't go out and go. Yeah, I'll play the keyboard, Walter. You just, you just hit this glockenspiel a bit, and we'll see what we can do. Matthew, yeah. don't tell me you wouldn't see Steely Dan play the White Stripes concert. Of course oh you God, would. Of course. <laughs> I guess Squeeze maybe is still just two members yeah. for the past twenty. Yeah, years. that's a good. That's a good example. Yeah, and two yeah. kind of key songwriters. Mm. Oh, 
But yeah, for, for me, yeah, I thought this was a, a bit of a left turn. It starts with some... How many left turns? St- I think we're back where we started. I think that's <laughs> the, it's, it's the fourth left turn we've had so far. Um, yeah, but, but but this is it. Like, I, I think because of the order as well that you, you put this... I feel like, yeah, it, it shifts genre with every, with every selection. Because this one starts with some quite menacing synths, which is unusual compared to the others. And I definitely preferred this to to my old school or Hey 19 because yeah, it's a bit, I've, I've written very deep, more fun, more groovy, more layered. That's it, basically. That's that's what I took from it. Um, and again, I think maybe similar to, to Hey 19, I I can appreciate it, but it doesn't move me no. very much. I, th- I think that's it. Um, and yeah, I think as someone who, who doesn't pay much attention to lyrics, uh, I, I don't get that so much. Although it's making me think, is this the prequel to um, Kasabian's Cut Off, which starts with John was a scientist, he was hooked on LSD. You know, maybe maybe yeah, this was maybe, the inspiration for that. It could, it could well we be. Know. It could well we be. Know. Yeah. Well, you know, well, who knew that Steely Dan influenced Kasabian? You heard it here first. When you get Serge on the podcast, you'll have to ask him, you know. <laughs> um, I, it's interesting you say that, actually. I'd, I'd never looked at it from that point of view, um, that... that, that um, it is more like the the menacing keyboards at the start. If you yeah. look, if you compare my old school, which is about them being pissed off at their old university for being done for drugs and having a horrible experience of you know being put in jail and having their hair cut and that sort of thing, but it is a funky jam song. It is a really it's a really jolly song. There is more texture and layer to Hey Nineteen and certainly Kid Charlemagne. St- like you said, it starts with these kind of like like slightly ominous keyboards it's sort of you know it, it feels like it, it it could you know they they go they go to, i mean I, again i'm no i know nothing musically but it goes to an, a slightly unusual place where you go oh that's a bit jarring to the ear before you get into the into the song to create this mood of um a you know probably an insanely paranoid possibly drug addicted man himself who is on you know wondering how how many more days he's got before his lifestyle catches up with him. His 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 career choices catch up with him. Um, it it feels like the music is matching the lyrical content, even though there is still some like you know quite quite joyous and silly and you know kind of I, I've used the word cheesy. I'm I'm sort of loath to use it again because I don't consider <laughs> I don't consider them to be cheesy, but you know upbeat and melodic. Of, yeah, upbeat and melodic uh, <laughs> moments. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. It just shows you that like that they were. I think this is it. This is why it's interesting to. I mean, like I said, I didn't know anything. It's interesting to discover a band through through a playlist, and I think the order is very important because it it was difficult to kind of get a grip on them from from this playlist to to really pinpoint what do they do apart from they're a bit jarring, but they're also a bit groovy. Yeah, I mean, I could like, and I think part. Of, I don't know if this is necessarily true of the Relic Chili Peppers, but I think I could make you a playlist of five songs that you would go, we would have a completely different conversation about what, what kind of bands Steely Dan were. If I picked you like Pretzel Logic, um, um, uh, With a Gun, Parker's Band, like a, a bunch of those songs that are doing like di- different genres, I feel like that I could, I could present a completely different, you know, you, you it's, it's the old thing about the, the blind people describing an elephant. Do you know the, you know that mm. thing about the you know one of them thinks he's holding a rope because he's got the tail and the other one thinks oh, he's right. holding a 
I don't know, big dick. I don't know what well, Matthew, I'm not saying. That... I know what, I'm trying to think of what the other bits of the elephant were. That's just a big dick. <laughs> I think I'm holding a big dick here. Am I, am I holding a giant's dick? No, no, you're holding an elephant's trunk. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't think of that first, actually. Well, Matthew, I'm not saying that we wouldn't invite you for Steely Dan Part Two, but I'm not not saying that either uh, with with a different playlist. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've we've been talking for nearly three hours. I'm like, I really feel like we, we we're not we're just barely scratching the surface here. Maybe do five Is there an essential an essential album? Asia seems to be the big album, and you haven't got any songs from that album. No, Asia is Asia is a, a pretty huge album. I think. Oh man, I don't know because there's. Oh, I think I think Countdown to Ecstasy is an, is a would be an incredible starting point for you. I think because they they because hmm. they are a lot more confident. Like um, uh, Can't Buy a Thrill is a lot more all over the place musically. Um, it's them trying out a bunch of different things. Um, I feel like they're more secure in who they are as a band when it comes to Countdown to Ecstasy. But then you get something like Pretzel Logic, which has a bunch of songs that they wrote pre-Steely Dan that they then cover as... Uh, uh, they then record as Steely Dan because they, I guess, needed needed more songs. They don't, you know, most of their albums, unlike the Red Hot Chili Peppers, are eight or nine songs long. They don't tend to put on... You know, they're not, they're not a kind of... I mean, which much must have infuriated the the the, uh, the the record label even more. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We've got six songs recorded. <laughs> when are you going to record the other, you know, five? No, no, no. That that's it. Sit with six songs. That's the album. Bye. Th- three on each. Three on each side. That's it. And uh, by the way, we're a uh, three quarters of a million over budget, and it's nineteen seventy six. When that means a lot more <laughs> than it does. Um, Casey Lyde's a really good album as well. Yeah, I think um, I think maybe if you wanted to sort of like possibly like because dirty sorry i mean can't buy thrills got um got dirty work and it's got reading in the ears and i think it's got ricky don't lose that number on it as well i think i might be getting that wrong but it's got a bunch of the kind of early big hitters so that might be a good place to start if you just wanted oh i know this one or i know that one do you think matthew they're, they're more of an album band where it is worth kind of going sitting down with an album or is it better to kind of you know, oh definitely yeah yeah it really is. Spend a bit of time with with um, with Countdown to to Ecstasy or Pretzel Logic or something. I mean, I you know, basically, I've, I've, is there any album I haven't mentioned that you should listen to? <laughs> well, the next one, the your, from your final pick, I which think. actually yeah. is interesting. I don't know this one as well. Um, so t- they came back in two thousand with an album called Two Against Nature, and uh, they won a Grammy for for this album. So it was it was a well regarded album. But you listen to it and you go, I. If I didn't know this was from 2000, I wouldn't go, oh, they've really brought things up to the modern day. It doesn't sound, you know, they were already using incredibly sophisticated technology to record their albums, but they they kind of knew what kind of music they wanted to make. But the reason I've picked this is because I think this to me is such a funny essay on shiftless youth uh, that, you know, this is this this could be a piece of writing in McSweeney's or something like that. It's got that kind of you know, it's got that kind of thing uh, about a, you know this 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 utterly like and again it's it's a character, this this narrator who doesn't seem to realise what a loser he is. You know, it's a, it, I think I think the character of Cousin Dupree is a brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I would not want to be in a room with him. Thank you. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. And I don't think Donald Fagan is going. This is who I am. Or this, yeah. is, you know. I don't know, it probably is a bit like this, but it's an element, you know, it's it's pretty, so it's a guy who comes back from university and he 
presents himself as like, well, I'm, you know, while I'm working on my next move, what's my next move going to be? You know, it's, it's like grandiose terms. Basically, he hasn't got a job. He's finished his, he's finished university. He's probably in a ton of debt. He's living with his auntie. Uh, you know, I was just, you know, as a stopgap. He's very kind of pr- very proud. This is like a stopgap. Just living with my auntie, and then his cousin walks in who we're assuming is the same age because they say like we used to play when we were three how about a kiss for your cousin dupree and he fancies his cousin <laughs> and it's about how she, like and it's it's like it's such that he's he's such an awful character like he goes oh she made my life a living hell from the way she was looking you know and, and there's little tops and tight capris <laughs> little tops and tight capris but the, i mean the great bit is when the, the, my, my favorite bit of course you know he doesn't let uh cousin dupree get the last line well he sort of does but she shuts him down and in fact have you have you got the lyrics there i've got the lyrics so yeah yeah do you want to read that just read the, read the bit about when he finally he finally decides to make a move in front of the fireplace and she shuts, so shuts the him lyrics down. are she said maybe it's the skeevy look in your eyes or that your mind has turned to applesauce the dreary architecture of your soul i said but what is it exactly that turns you off? <laughs> yeah, that's like a, like a classic old joke, you know. But yeah, but say, but say what you really mean. Um, but I, I, I love it. And I think if you if you look at, you know, here is a guy, and ostensibly it's another song about sex. It's a song about lust and it's a song about sex and it's a song about sort of fantasy. Um, and the character of, you know, the character of Cousin Dupree is a total, uh, a total loser. In the same way that I think the character in Hey 19 is a loser you know she thinks i'm crazy i'm just growing old it's a sort of tragic tragic figure you know doing coke in a doing coke in a bar when he's an old guy trying to mack on mack on babes it's the same it's this this clearly the same thing that concerns donald fagan and, and, and walter becker of being old men uh and how that you know how that, they, they sort of fit in with the world or, or or how they fit in with with women um but you you look at Kiedis's lyrics and you go, he's like, you know, then I made her come and don't mean like, like, okay, all right, we get it. Why would you write a song where you're this hero who's like, you know, even when you get arrested, the police officer can't believe how sexy you are, wants to have sex with you. It's like, it's the, you know, it's like the worst sort of penthouse letters type thing. But he's written this character who is a total loser. And then when the, when the when the girl speaks, she's just got this amazing poetic way of you know the the uh, uh, what's the architecture of your the, the dreary the, the dreary architecture, architecture of, of your soul. Word. You go like yeah. that is that's what a perfect reason to not go out with somebody. You also, know. he's a cousin. Yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> as he says, there's nothing wrong with a bit of down, down home romance. <laughs> family romance <laughs> down home family romance oh, but man. but like but to say to somebody you know like imagine you know if anyone's listening to this now and has, has got somebody who's you know asked them out and you don't quite know how to uh, shut them down just tell them it's it's have, I, I would go out with you except for the dreary architecture of your soul <laughs> yeah. i love it i just think it's i just think it's brilliant and it makes me laugh every time and it's it's a uh, really funky like it's a really upbeat sort of jazz funk song and uh, <laughs> And uh, when I first heard it, which was only fairly recently, I don't, I didn't know this album at all. I know their seventy stuff well, but I don't know the, the uh, Two Against Nature. When I heard it, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. All of them, you know, because there's, I think I saw it on, uh, on like a, there's a Twitter, a, a Twitter account which is just like Steely Dan takes or whatever, and it's they often have like little clips of Steely Dan, and it was just them performing it on like a, a late night show, one of those shows. 
and I'd never, I didn't know where it was from. I didn't, hadn't heard it before, so I immediately sort it out. And it's become one of my favourite songs of theirs. It's because it's, it's, it's funny, you know. It's dealing with, it's dealing with, it's, it's dealing with relationships in a very funny way, and it's dealing with what it feels like. To, you know that that period when you come out of university and all of your life, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it comes from the same um, world as the graduate you know, the, the, the Dustin mm. Hoffman movie of you've been pushed into this, you, all of this academia, you know, you've had you know, seven years of uh, high school and then you've had three, four years of university and it's all prepping you for what? You know, you, you, you come out of it and you've got all these grand ideas because you've been built up by, you know, the, by the, the world of academia and then you come out and you go, well, I guess the world should just be handed to me on a plate and it's satirising that, those people so brilliantly. And I guess there's, you know, the counter argument is I'm sure there's people who listen to it and go, well, it's an old grubby pervert writing a song about another old grubby pervert. And yeah, maybe that's true, but at least it shows an element of self-awareness that I think is lacking in uh, our, our dear in friends. In generation. Just, no, in, in our dear friends, Psycho, of course. <laughs> Have you heard about the, uh, the open letter to you, me and Dupree, the film? No. no. Do they use this song? So, so yeah, so, so Becca and Fagan, after hearing about the film Yumi and Dupree starring Owen Wilson, said that they've stolen the narrative from the song and they considered suing them. And the producer had to admit that they had not heard the song. And then Owen Wilson said, I do apologise to the band, but um, I'm now going to make my new film, Hey 19. <laughs> but, yeah, but... <laughs> but yeah, in fact, nothing came off it, but I do, I do enjoy it. That's amazing. That, that film was, was even on their radar, for fuck's sake. You, me, and Dupree. Somebody got in touch with them and said, have you heard about this You, me, and Dupree movie? I think it might have been... I must remember both in the cinema shaking their fists while watching yeah. it. Hang on! Wilson! But, um, yeah. That's amazing. As you mentioned, you know, it felt like they'd been frozen in time for 20 years and just came out and did an, an, another album. You would not know this is, you know, the 21st century. Yeah. Um, although gone, they, they've kind of got rid of the sax and the female vocalists. The guitar's a bit more upfront and it sounds a bit like Mark Knopfler in the style. Oh, yeah. Well, I love Mark Knopfler. That's what it was. I, I was. I was, yeah, looking for something. Yeah. That's that like dad rock. Dad rock. I told you, Fran, <laughs> you're the expert. You're the expert. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most ordinary lyric but I did enjoy watching one of those YouTube reaction videos with a guy listening to this oh. and then suddenly it, it kicked in what it was about he's like what? <laughs> say what? I... Family, war- family romance I love but, yeah. YouTube reaction videos <laughs> music. Uh... it won a Grammy I don't know if that's just a thank you yeah, one of those, years, one of those things of like a mi- more than a million copies. It got to number six on the Billboard 200. I couldn't believe Mad. it. Um, because yeah, like you, I wrote, I can't believe this is a song from this millennium. Um, and but musically, it was one of my favourites. I think the beginning sounded really intriguing, and I quite like. I'm going to call them the spooky bits that are in the yeah. song because occasionally there's like a little ooh and it, there's a there's a whistle and it, it was one that on repeated listens definitely grew on me but Matthew I'm very glad that you kind of set out lyrically because I was like okay how self-aware is this like obviously this guy is horrible and the fact that they you know they give voice to the to the cousin who says you've got a literally a skeevy look on your on your face but I I did think like oh yeah it's a fine line isn't it between you know making fun of this and and people who might take it a bit (laughs) yeah i think i think the thing i I guess the thing that it doesn't you don't have is cousin dupree doesn't learn his lesson no he doesn't get his comeuppance you get the feeling that uh you know cousin dupree is going to go off and just you know work his way through the rest of his family (laughs) until until finally uh, some uh, you know a great aunt you know somewhere great aunt matilda yeah yeah exactly (laughs) decides that it's a good idea to give him a little smooch um 
I, yeah, I, 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 you hope, don't you? But I think just from reading Walter Becker's writing, uh, that he is aware of how ridiculous they're. They're, they are, they're a humorous band. I mean, are they feminists? I don't think I don't think I would say they probably are, but you know, like I think they're very much product of the of the of the nineteen seventies. Um, one of the things when Becker died is um, Walter uh, Donald Fagan wrote a sort of open letter of explaining, basically explaining, I'm not stopping touring because I need the money, but in a very you know like in a what a wonderful man Walter Becker was. And one of the things they they did say was like we had many happy times taking the piss out of Walter's wife. <laughs> oh, God. Did they he loved, suit him? He right? loved my impersonation of... He loved my impersonation of his wife, and I'd, do a, I'd often write him letters in the, in, the, in the voice of his wife. Wow. <laughs> and you go, oh, right, yeah, so you are rotters. Well, even um, the, the live performance of Dirty Work that I, I saw, this, this is always a bugbear, even though a lot of people do it. Um, when the backing vocalists stop singing, they're like, give it up for the girls. And it just really annoys yeah, me when yeah, yeah, grown yeah. women <laughs> are are reduced to girls. Like, yeah, I would say they're not anti-feminists, from, at least from the from the songs that you provided. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're, they're going out there with the other bra burners, are they? So after all that, Fran, mm-hmm. uh, do you think Steely Dan are underrated? So it's interesting because obviously in America they've sold over 14 million albums and they've, they're have they in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and have all the accolades. So they're not, in America, they're not really underrated. In the UK, they've sold 560,000, which is a massive wow. drop. That um, seems so few, doesn't it? Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I think they've had oh, literally one top 40 song in the UK. Oh, what would you, do you remember what it was? Yeah, it's called um, Haitian Divorce. Oh, Haitian Divorce. Yes, yes, I know yeah. Haitian Divorce. A yeah, number yeah. 19 hit and I played it and yeah, yeah. I, I never heard it in my life. Yeah, it's, that's quite, again, quite an odd odd song. Um, yeah, weird that that was the one that broke through and not reading in the years or one of their sort of more popular, popular songs. And yeah, and they've had one top 10 album, which is Asia, it's got to number eight. So if we're talking about the UK, then yeah, I would say they're underrated. Yes. Well, uh, at because, least two of yeah. us are talking from the UK, so <laughs> I feel like... And that's that's kind of the problem, isn't it, guys? No. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, do you hear them on the on radio in Belgium, Luxembourg? No, talk absolutely. Not knowingly. Definitely not knowingly. And when you mentioned, like, oh, those are the biggest hits, I'm like, I've, I, I have never heard, as far as I know, reading in the ears or... Or whatever. It oh, was. I, w- I wish yeah. I'd. I sort of wish I'd known that. I don't know why I didn't assume that. But um, Matthew, it's fun. You come back for part two. But I will do. We'll come back and, and we'll, do, we'll do the. We'll do the mainstream. The most <laughs> the mainstream. mainstream. <laughs> we'll do their Spotify top five. Okay. Deal. Deal. Yeah. When I saw that they had five million monthly listens, um, you know, like you say, mostly in America, all yep. the type top five cities in on Spotify are American, and given that I really liked one song and thought the others were fine for me no they're not that underrated i i think they they clearly have an audience okay it's it's not they're not super mainstream but i'm not surprised they're not super mainstream because they're not that kind of band or you know if if they are it's like you say it's it's with a with a wink and a nudge so i i really enjoyed getting to know them and matthew you know as someone who listens to your radio x show where steely dan is always or seemingly always the the punchline of yeah ed finds it very funny that i'm into steely dan into steely dan i was like like i have i have to find out about this band so yeah nice nice to have you on the on here to do that um but and it it wasn't at all what i was expecting so so i enjoyed being wrong-footed and having many a left turn but um <laughs> but no I, I i would say they're they're rated you know uh okay i'll accept that 
I mean, I rate them, certainly. Yeah, so <laughs> Happy to be part uh, of the gang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're overrated because clearly they're, they're doing something special and they're doing something that not many other bands are doing. Happy for them and their fans. And uh, and yeah, I think that would be my, my summary. Matthew, have any listeners um, got in touch to tell you that they have now converted to the Steely Dan life? Um, <laughs> Steely Dan life, have to... L-Y-F. <laughs> there have been a few, a few people who've got in touch with me to say, oh, I also like Steely Dan and you know glad you're making uh, making that much, <laughs> thank you you know that normalized liking steely dan um but uh yeah a few people have i think a few people have, have said they've listened uh to them and have been like i think people are genuinely surprised at what they sound like because it's not the kind of music that gets made anymore it's not that you go mm-hmm. like i don't think you can look at bands you know if you look at a lot of the sort of like you say a new wave bands of the 70s um or the sort of punk bands or like you know bands like talking heads wherever you would fit them into the world like you can see that in modern music i don't know of many bands who are like oh steely dan like you sound like steely dan you know true uh so so it's i think that's why it's surprising to people you kind of assume they would sound a bit more i don't know angular or art rock or because that's their you know that is their their background is they are two sort of, you know, they're kind of perennial studenty intellectually types. So you'd think they'd be making that kind of music, but no, their music that they're making is a lot more kind of kind of commercial. But uh but, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just think they're just think they're great. I just think they're a just think they're a great band. I just I find their music incredibly comforting. And also because they're so the songs are so deceptively simple, they're very catchy, I think. Um but very complex musically, they're constantly rewarding. Like going back to listen to these, thinking I'm going to play these songs to people who have, might not have heard them before. It was really interesting because you try and hear them with fresh ears and you hear new things all the time. I, I will definitely be listening to Dirty Work again. Uh, that's for sure. And and yeah, like I said, already got more out of it from listening to to a different version. So there's definite complexity there and yeah i think you know j- jazz is not one of my favorite j- genres i have a playlist called actual jazz and it's all the jazz songs that i like and there's 31 songs and about half of them are c- covers right. so so yeah when when you said jazz rock fusion I, I i was a bit worried but um but no but what they're what they're doing like you say it's it's built on jazz but it, it's not just that and uh, i think one of the reviews for for the album the um two against nature was oh it's jazz pop and I can kind of believe that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's pop. That's, it's not straightforward. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I still stand by them being rated, but, uh, yeah, glad, glad to, to discover them more. And, and well, I love, I love talking about them with you. And I especially yeah. love talking about, um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. <laughs> and I, I'm glad. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like I've just been spending a bit more time with them as well. I feel a little bit better about those guys. <laughs> Um, as long as you don't read all the articles about Andy Cadis. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. Like, uh, so yeah, so thank you very much, Matthew. And uh, you know, we should ask you: Is there anything you want to plug? Yes. What do I want to mention? Well, of course, um, uh, if you could afford it, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are on tour at the moment. So get yourself <laughs> along to the nearest. I'll be there, Maraca, in a way. Yeah. If you get, if you've got, if you can do it, they really do put on a hell of a show. Get yourself out <laughs> there, guys. Just find the find the biggest aircraft hangar in your town, and they'll probably be playing there eventually. Um, oh no, you know, listen to the Radio X show. I, I love doing that. Um, every Sunday morning, eight till eleven, you can get a podcast of it. It's the Ed Gamble and Matthew Crosby Radio Show on Radio X. Uh, I do a podcast. 
called Pappy's Flat Share, which is with um, two other guys, my my friends Tom and Ben, and that is good fun. I recommend you if you've enjoyed me talking, uh, but you thought I wish there were two other people interrupting him. Uh, <laughs> that's coming from the Midlands. Then yeah, that's the what the podcast listen to, and uh, yeah, that that's it really. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. You know, it's not. To be honest, I don't put great stuff on either of those platforms, but uh, my DMs are always open. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Total Thank pleasure. You. Love You're to welcome. see you. And um, uh, yeah, see you later. Thanks. Bye bye. Woo! I think that's going to be a two parter, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, but it was fun though. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Over Underrated. That was Steely Dan, guys. What do you think? You can always let us know. We are on social media. We have Twitter, OUMusicPod. We have Instagram, over underrated music pod. And if you're lucky enough to have email, we are on Gmail, over underrated music pod at gmail.com. So let us know of any other bands or subjects or guests you want to hear in the future. And until then, thanks again for listening. Please subscribe, share, follow, etc., etc. And have a lovely time. Bye-bye.